A. Peter, a fisherman. Catching fish was the whole of Peter's life. That's what his life was all about. It was his family, business. Quite likely that his dad was a fisherman before him and he'd passed down the boat and the fishing business to Peter and his brother. And uh, it, was, it was how they lived. They were a, com- and a, a, they were a community of fishermen. Um, so it was everything. And I think Peter enjoyed fishing. We're not told that. But I think Peter, like me, enjoyed going fishing, even though it was his day-to-day job. Until one day, something happened that changed everything for Peter. And interestingly, surprisingly, The thing that changed Peter's life that day can be the very same thing that changes our life today. If we are willing to listen and willing to respond like Peter did. And that's what our service is about this morning. And that's true for whatever age, however old like me or however young some of you are. It's true for every one of us this morning. So we're going to learn a bit more more about Peter. First of all, something that I don't like at all because I'm no good at, really, apart from the very basics, is cooking. But has anybody here ever wanted to be a chef? Anybody ever wanted to be a chef? Oh, wow, only one person. Nobody else wanted to be a chef. Oh, you wanted to be a chef. (laughs) Keep trying, keep trying, okay. Visitors, he is a chef. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Okay, Jenny, come up here. Talk to me. Let's talk about being a chef. Okay. Wow. Okay, I can see you have. What have you got? Oh, I've got my Okay, well, you better put that on then. I'll hold this. I could rival you, couldn't I, with this? Yeah. Yeah, I can see you know. Do you know how to put it on? No, okay, well, I think that bit goes around your, this is, yeah, that bit goes around your head. I think that's how it works. Okay, all right. Okay, so, chef, so why, you got, you, no, I, I think, don't, I don't know. So we'll you, you don't, okay, yeah, all yeah. right, hmm, okay. Um, so you want to be a chef, so why do you want to be a chef? Because it's just so exciting. I've got all these things, so I, No. What actually is it? A rolling pin. A rolling pin. Do you, do you know what you do with it? You, you don't know no, what? And I want to know. You want to know. Okay. I can see you're enthusiastic. I'm very enthusiastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So um, let's let's talk a bit about uh, skills then. So skills. What what sort of skill? I mean, obviously you've you've worked on various recipes and things and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so this one time I made baked beans on bread.
Okay, I'm, I'm getting slightly, um, yeah, slightly confused and a bit, little bit concerned here about about this. What's this? This is my cooking with mother book. So this is why I want to do it because I always cooked with my mother, and she was very good at cooking, and I was very good at watching. <laughs> very enthusiastic at watching. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm getting the I'm getting an impression here, just a general impression that you that you want to be a chef, and that you really want to be a chef, but actually you perhaps are a bit lacking in terms of skills and experience. Um, qu- I'll give it a Okay, Jenny. I know, I know, I know. Andy would love you to become a chef, but I think, I think, I think maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we'll just have a conversation afterwards. Okay? Could we, could we perhaps, um, could we perhaps leave it there for today? To become a chef, you have to train. You have to develop certain skills. You may even have to have qualifications. And then you've got to have that experience. And that's true basically about every job, isn't it? Hey, when you go for a job, Anthony and Billy, you've both been for interviews recently. When you go for a job, they don't just look for enthusiasm or willingness. They look for skills, experience, qualifications, don't they? And if you haven't got those, however enthusiastic you are, you're not likely to get the job. Both of them got the job. So really pleased for you guys, by the way. That's great. What does it need to be, what does it require to be a follower of Jesus? What does it require to be a follower of Jesus? Does it require skills and qualifications and experience? No. As young as this can be a follower of Jesus, because all it requires of us is to understand who he is and what he's done for us and to hear his call and say, yes, I want to be a follower. And then begin to follow Jesus. And we're going to talk more about that as we go through, we're going to sing a song now. We're following, we're following Jesus. We're following Jesus. A passage together in Luke chapter 5. Peter's gone fishing. I've got, actually I should have brought, I've got a lovely big sign at home that says gone fishing that somebody bought me. But yeah, Peter's gone fishing. That's what we're thinking about this morning. And I said Peter's whole life was about fishing. Most nights, I'm sure, he would be out on Lake Galilee fishing. Fishing at night, because that's when you catch the fish, particularly in a a very hot climate. Otherwise, they're just lying on the bottom. That's even true here, actually. Fishing in the evening is the best best time of the day uh, to fish. Peter was ready to fish. He was always ready to fish. Peter That was what his life was about. And he was ready to fish. But in recent days and weeks and months, things had started to become a little different for Peter. 
he and his brother Andrew had uh, come into contact with a very strange man called John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was telling people that something amazing was going to happen. The Messiah, God's, God's son, the Messiah, was coming. And that people needed to change. They needed to get ready for the Messiah. Things that they were doing, the way that they were living, the wrong ways that they were leading, they needed to change. Because he was coming. And coming soon. So they started to hear about that. And then came the day when John the Baptist said, Here he is. This is the one I've been talking about. This is the Messiah. God's Lamb. And started pointing towards him. And so I think they'd started to hear a little bit about Jesus and perhaps from Jesus as well. And Jesus was living up there in the Lake Galilee area, which is where Peter and Andrew and the other brothers, James and John, uh, lived as well. And as you saw, they were getting ready to fish that night. They'd fished the night before, not particularly successful, and uh, they were getting ready to fish the next night. They were clearing their nets. They were perhaps repairing their nets from where they might have got torn and broken. And Jesus comes along, and huge crowds followed Jesus wherever he went. For two, re- for two main reasons. One was the miracles he did, the people that were healed. That news of that spread like wildfire. But also because of his teaching, and the way he taught people, and the things that he said, that no one else had ever sit- said. And so Jesus as you saw, asks Peter if he can sit in the boat. The crowds were so close, so difficult. So, Peter, so Jesus said, can I, can I get in the boat and push, push me off a few feet and so I can get some space so I can talk to the crowds up in front of me? And, uh, and he did. Peter, Peter was willing to do that. And that's what happened. And later in the day, perhaps the sun is starting to go down, The crowds are starting to go home. And then Jesus speaks specifically to Peter. And he says to Peter, he says to Peter, now take your boat and push it out. Go out onto the lake and fish. Go and fish. You like fishing? Go and fish, Peter. And Peter says, Master, you notice he calls him Master. He recognized that Jesus is a really important person. Master, he says, but, but Master, we've, we've, we've fished all last night, which is the time when you fish, and we haven't, caught, we haven't caught a sausage, never mind a fish. We haven't caught anything. And that's when you fish, Jesus. I'm a skilled, experienced, qualified fisherman, not chef. I know all about fishing. I know this lake. I've been brought up on this lake. I know exactly how to fish. And Jesus, Master, you don't fish in the day on Lake Galilee. And then he says, but, 
really important but this. But if that's what you say, I'll do it. And he does. And he pushes the boat out. And they fish. He'd heard about Jesus. He'd perhaps listened to Jesus. Things had been changing in Peter's life. And now he was ready to really listen to what Jesus said and do it even though it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Are you ready to listen to Jesus? Do you know what? We know a lot more about Jesus now than Peter did then. We know lots. We have lots of his words. We have the whole teaching of Scripture. Are we ready to listen? And maybe to humble ourselves like Peter had to and confess actually that we need to listen and we need to change? I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking to myself as well. Are we ready to listen? Peter listened. And he went out fishing. And of course, as we know, that amazing miracle happened, didn't it? As they pulled in the nets. You know, I always think about this because even when fishing with a rod, as soon as you've as soon as you've hooked a fish, you know it, right? You feel the sensation coming all the way through the line into the rod itself. You can even tell sometimes how big it is. Not, you can often tell how big it is. But you can also tell sometimes even what sort of fish it is. And they knew, as soon as they started to pull the nets, they would have felt the vibrations of all of those fish moving around within the nets. And they would have been increasing and increasing and increasing until they realized that this is something absolutely miraculous. Never mind catching a few fish in the daytime. They're now catching more fish than they've ever, ever caught. You'd think Peter would be delighted, wouldn't you? You'd think he'd he'd be thinking, Wow, have we made some money today? We're going to make a fortune when we sell this lot of fish tonight. You'd think he'd be so excited. And yet he didn't, did he? Something else completely different was going on in Peter's mind. And he just gets out of the boat and he just falls down at Jesus' feet. And he says, Jesus, go, go, get, go away from me, Jesus. Leave me. Leave me alone. Because somehow... God had revealed to him something more of who Jesus was. And as he'd revealed that, he'd realized something more of who he was. And how much he needed God. And yet he knew he was a million miles away. He just says, go away, leave me. And Jesus says, doesn't say go, okay, I'm going. He just says... Not in the version we read, but in the other Gospels, he just says, come follow me. Come follow me. And Peter was ready to follow Jesus. Following Jesus meant he had to leave everything behind This for him then. So he left his family business. He left his kit 
They said they pulled the boats up onto the shore of the lake with the nets and they left them. He left his own family in a sense because they went literally traveling with Jesus around the lake of Galilee but much further as well, further on. They left him, everything. Why? Why would they leave everything to follow Jesus? Why would they give up everything that was their normal life, that was their security, their, 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 their joy? Why would they leave all of that to follow Jesus? Well, later on, in Peter's walk with Jesus and the disciples, there was a time when Jesus had lots of disciples, probably hundreds, not just the twelve. Many people followed Jesus. There was a time when lots of those other disciples left Jesus and they went their own way. And you can read about it in John chapter 6, verse 70. It's a long chapter. And at the end, when all these people, disciples, people who had trusted Jesus in a sense, they'd followed him, they were listening to him. When all of these disciples went away, they, didn't, they couldn't follow Jesus anymore. It was just too difficult. Jesus turns to Peter and the others and he said, Are you going to leave me too? Are you going to go? Peter says, no, we're not going. This is my paraphrase. We're not going however difficult it is because you, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. Eternal life. It isn't just about this life. You have words that actually are true for eternity. And we're not going to give that up. We're not going to give eternal life up just for this life. We're going to follow you. We're staying with you. Jesus, Peter rather, and disciples prepare to follow him. He, he didn't make them. He didn't force them. He just said, Come follow me. If you're willing, if you're ready, just come. Come. Don't be frightened. Just trust me. And they did. What about us? What about us? What about me? And then Peter says to him those words, doesn't he? He said, Peter and friends, if you come and follow me, you won't be fishing for fish anymore. You'll be fishing for men, men and women, for people, children, adults, all people. You're going to go fishing. And Peter now was ready to fish for men instead of fishing the fish. You know, it's an amazing miracle, isn't it, when they caught all those fish. Do you know what, though? If Jesus had wanted to, he could have made all those fish just jump into the boat on their own. Do you know that? He didn't need boats and nets 
to catch fish. They could have just come. All Jesus did had to do was to say the word. And the fish would have been there. Just like they were there to catch. Jesus could do anything he chose to do. If he could walk on water, he could catch fish without nets and a boat. So why did he use Peter and the fishermen to catch the fish? Well, there's different reasons, but here's one reason. Because he wanted them to know that God uses men to catch fish. And God uses people to catch people. By the way, you might think, that sounds horrible. And uh, Perhaps some of you don't agree with fishing. Don't come and speak to me afterwards. Please be kind to me. But, but catching people, that sounds terrible. So that sounds like tricking people and hooking them and whatever. You maybe have heard stories, uh, many stories like this. As a fisherman, of course, I take particular note of what's happening in different places, of news about different waters and things. And there have been times, many times, one very recently, where the water that they're in, the fish in becomes so toxic, either because of pollutants or because of natural causes, that actually if the fish stay there, they will die. And what happens at times like that? People go and catch those fish with nets so they can be moved to a place where they will be safe and live and continue to thrive and flourish. If they stay where they are, they will die. If we stay where we are, folks, if we don't trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will die. Not just a physical death. We will not enjoy the eternal life that he came to give and promises to everyone who loves him and follows him and who puts their trust in him. And Jesus says to Peter, Jesus showed that he used his men to catch fish, but he used his men and women to, to bring, to catch, to gather, to rescue men and women. And if we're followers of Jesus, the two are connected and cannot be disconnected. And so for us as individuals, us as a church, if we're followers of Jesus, we should be willing and ready to be used by him to fish for men. Jesus is perhaps, his, perhaps Jesus' first words, I don't know, to Peter were, come follow me. And what were possibly his last words to Peter? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. And those are the words that come down to us today. Is the question for every one of us, whether we've already started on this following or not, are we ready to follow Jesus today? Are we ready to fish for people? Because that's what he calls us to do. Let's sing our closing hymn.